All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Daily Faceoff Live. It's Friday, March 31st. Matt Larkin here with my buddy, Stephen Ellis, our prospect analyst and associate editor. Stephen, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm celebrating uh, my last day and I'm assuming your last day of the checkmark on Twitter. You know, it's a, it's sad times, but it just has to be, apparently. It's a big day for Matt Harkin. There is a, there's an imposter in me out there, and I think he's about to have his day in the sun. He's going to start breaking some trades, things like that, so we'll see. But let's focus on the real world, what's actually happening in the NHL. Busy night on Thursday. Let's get two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And let's start out west in the Pacific Division. A crucial win for the Edmonton Oilers. 2-0, Stuart Skinner, 43 saves, and we see Edmonton leapfrog the LA Kings in the standings. It's getting really tight with the Vegas Golden Knights. They clinched a playoff spot last night, of course, as well. We've got LA and Edmonton. So I want to know, Stephen, who for you is looking like the class of the Pacific at the moment? Well, see, when you look at the Oilers, that was a team that it wasn't that long ago we were talking about them, like, can they even make the playoffs at this point? It was a little scary, but we knew that deep down this team had the talent to make it work, and uh, part of that was making sure, like, one of their goalies could figure things out, and Stuart Skinner's obviously been able to do that, but when you've got a line and you've got a group as dominant as the Oilers have, when you've got guys like Dreisaitl, you've got McDavid, you've got, uh, obviously, Patrick Bayer, Vander Kane, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The offense on this group is just as good as we've seen. And I was looking at some numbers beforehand, and Florida Panthers actually had a, the highest goals per game average um, since the lockout last season. 
the Oilers are probably not going to hit that mount this year, but the difference is it's kind of like it's the big guns that are getting all the damage done for the Oilers, and you see what McDavid's uh, numbers have been, obviously, just out of this world. And Jonathan Huberto, I think, had 115 points last year to lead the team, but that was a bit more spread out. With this, it's just nobody is figuring out how to contain those top guys on the Oilers. And uh, so I, to me, I'm still looking at – I'm not saying still, but – I. I think a lot of the doubts I had about this group early in the year are starting to go away. I do feel really confident about this Oilers team, especially after seeing how solid of a run that was in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, there's a cliche that's thrown around year after year. This team can score its way out of trouble. But I think it applies differently with this year's version of the Edmonton Oilers. And I think any team we've seen in the last few decades, right now they're four points away, four Ryan Nugent Hopkins points away from being the first team in 27 years to have three 100-point scores. It's only been done by 13 teams in NHL history. And that, to me, is what really stands out. You just have a deeper scoring nucleus. Yes, of course, you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, but even having the news, who's a major power play presence, of course, who might hit 100 points. It'd be the first since Yager and Mary Lemieux and Ron Francis did it in 95-96. So I really feel like this is a team that, even if you perceive it to have flaws, of course, we know the goaltending's been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It might not matter, depending on who they're up against in that division. So I'm with you, Stephen. I do think the Oilers right now are the class of the Pacific Division. So if we stick on the Oilers for a moment, if we're thinking about the Hart Trophy ballot, it's been such a strange year because Connor McDavid locked it up so early that to me, the discussion over who is number two in the Hart race has almost become like its own award. It's been the subject of debate all year because there's no contest with Connor McDavid. So in this magical number two MVP race, who do you have up there at the top? Well, I think we got to give a lot of credit to, to Linus Olmark on Boston for what he's done, but we've talked about him a lot on the show. Uh, two guys I want to focus on specifically are Ilya Sorokin on the Islanders and Jack Hughes on the Devils. You look at Sorokin, and the Islanders were at one point like they were falling down deep. They look, uh, we're doing the Bedard updates every single day on dailyfaceoff.com. The Islanders kept putting themselves in a spot. It's like, wow, they he might be getting a pretty solid pick in this draft. and uh, But ever since they go out there and trade a Bo Horvat, and Horvat hasn't been as good as he was in Vancouver, but it, it kind of seemed to send this message that, you know what, this group is serious about turning things around and being very competitive. And I, I, I think the fact that Sorokin's been as good as he is, like he was my preseason pick to be the Vesna Trophy. I think that's just, the Islanders would not be where they are right now looking for a playoff spot if it wasn't for the way he's playing. And then you look at Jack Hughes with the Devils. And I think it was just a matter of time until he kind of really put this all together. We knew the talent was there. We saw how good he was uh, with the U.S. National Development Team and you know, a couple of reasons maybe why it didn't work out right off the bat. You know, yeah, he was smaller. It took a bit of adjustment time. Um, he was struggling to stay healthy. So last year we saw kind of some big steps from him. And it was kind of just when is he going to be able to turn it into something really tangible and make the Devils as good as they are? And I think, obviously, you look at the results this year. You look at the Devils, a team that I don't think anyone expected to be in the spot they are. And Hughes has been uh, one of the biggest drivers on that team there. So uh, those are two guys that I think are, are are truly deserving of some love for it. I know neither of them are going to win it, but Sorokin and Hughes, just two guys that have, have done so much for their respective teams. I like those picks. And it's funny, I, I was on the Tage Thompson train for much of this year in the number two spot, but I've pivoted. And I'm not going to name the team. I'm going to give you some numbers first to avoid a bias here, okay? This player is seventh in scoring the league, first in takeaways, fifth in time on ice, only player even anywhere near the top 50 scorers in the league who's also top 20 in shorthanded minutes played. 
first in the NHL in primary assists per 60. That's Mitch Marner. And it's funny, I almost think it's getting to the point where we'd be overthinking to not put him second on the ballot. I think he could make a case he's been the most complete player in the league this season. Also, a shout out to Matthew Kachuk, who's got 31 points more than his next closest teammate. So Florida gets in, that's kind of shades of 2017-18, Taylor Hall winning the Hart Trophy with the New Jersey Devils when he was way ahead of his own teammates as well. So those are two more names I'm going to be thinking about putting on my ballot when we make that decision in a couple of weeks. So, Stephen, you're a big prospect guy, of course. There's a much-anticipated debut happening tonight with the Buffalo Sabres. It's Devin Levi, Levi, Devin Levi, making his first NHL start. And this is a guy with a lot of hype, of course, Mike Richter Award winner. And I know Buffalo Sabres fans are extremely excited about his debut, even though he's a little bit undersized. So I want to get your take. What are you expecting from him in the short term and also in the long term in Buffalo? Well, first off, I'm kicking myself for not making the drive out there to watch him play tonight. I feel like that's going to be a mistake. It's He's going to be a blast to watch. And I know Sabres fans are really excited about him. Florida originally drafted him in the seventh round. And at the time in 2020, uh, he was playing with the Carlton Place Canadians, you know, CCHL, Junior A, not the highest level of hockey, but the whole goal was to get him into the NCAA. And he was outstanding there. He went 34-2-1 in his year of Carlton Place, one of the best seasons we've ever seen out of a Junior A goalie that wasn't just like a 20-year-old looking to just continue playing. Like, this guy was on it. He went out there, dominated the World Junior A Challenge, and then he went and played college in that 2020-21 season when he played at the World Juniors and had one of the best years we've ever seen, um, the best tournaments we've ever seen, I should say. He didn't actually play any college hockey that year. So his only time playing any competitive hockey that year was the World Juniors. And he started that turn the, the training camp supposedly as the third goalie, and he missed time because some of the college players arrived late. So he was a long shot to make that team. And then not only helped Canada win gold, but he helped Canada. Well, sorry, he did not win gold, but he, he helped Canada get as far as they did. But he also basically had one of the best tournaments we've ever seen from a goaltender. It was outstanding. And then ever since, he's been so good in the NCAA. Now, with Sabres fans, uh, you know, obviously the situation is they still have a shot at the playoffs. And, you know, maybe this is someone where they can ride him the rest of the year. He's got the momentum of all this hype around him. He had such uh, two great seasons. Maybe he can go out there and steal some wins. At the same time, though, I'm we, we just got to temper our expectations here. You know, this is a smaller goalie. That's been a big thing about him. He is six foot, you know, the average being more six two, six three, And there have been instances of him getting beat up high in college and other levels where a bigger goalie wouldn't have had that issue. And, you know, call the shooters is one thing, but then you're going to have to be facing uh, the the quality of the NHL shooter. So it's going to be a tough, I think, adjustment period. But if any goalie, any smallish goalie can get it done, I think it's Devin Levi. And Mike McKenna did a great article about it. <laughs> saying you got to be patient with him but you know we do expect good things you know he isn't one of the best college goalies of all time for no reason uh i think the question is now what do the sabers do for goaltending next year do they run with him and eric Comrie, him and upl do they bring back craig anderson do they go out there and get another goalie like uh, maybe uh a semyon varlamov or, or jonathan quick to go out there and be a good mentor uh because the thing is he is still 21 years old so he's still quite young it's a lot of pressure to put on him to maybe be that starter if he is the starter of the future there but I think that you know it's been a, a been a kind of a weird couple of years of goaltending in Buffalo since Ryan Miller left. Right now is the most confident I've ever been about this uh, goaltending group since then. And Devin Levi is the future of this team, so I'm excited to see his first start. 
Will be very interesting to see. Doors wide open. Comrie and UPL both under 900 save percentage. So the job is there for, for the taking for Devin Levi. Stephen, let's buy some beers now. Who do you have as our Friday tradition? Who is that round being sent over to at the bar, courtesy of you? Well, Lane Hudson's in, in the United States right now, so I can't buy him any beer due to his age. But if he comes to Montreal, you know, there's, there's a lot of beer options we can get him out there. But Lane Hudson, I don't know what else he could have possibly done to get a Hobie Baker hat trick finalist. And, you know, he technically was a Hobie Baker finalist. They do like a longer list, but the hat trick finalists where they decide who the winner is, he did not make. And, you know, a lot of talk about it saying like how did Matthew Nyes make it there he didn't have all the offense and while Nyes would have not been one of my picks for the final three you know this is still a guy who was absolutely dominant he rounded out that line the Minnesota line that was one of the best we've seen in college in quite some time so there's a lot more than just the stats but you know he broke so many records he broke a 35 year old U19 defenseman scoring record uh he was a top scorer on his own team he's won so many awards there's few players that did as much as Lane Hudson did this year and to me was probably the number two player in this league uh if I had to go maybe Adam Fantilli won uh and then Lane Hudson second and Logan Cooley third those are my picks uh so again I don't know what else he could have possibly done but enjoy your root beer man okay root beer for Lane Hudson I'm gonna buy one for Bruce Cassidy of the Vegas Golden Knights the same night that the Boston Bruins clinched the President's Trophy his old team his Vegas Golden Knights they clinched their fifth playoff spot in six tries as a franchise and they do it with Mark Stone out for a significant portion of the year and Max Pacioretty traded in the offseason no Robin Lehner the deck kind of stacked against this team and Bruce Cassidy continuing to cement himself as one of the most underrated coaches of his generation if you look at coaches with at least 500 games in their career he's number three all-time in points percentage behind only Scotty Bowman and John Cooper so Bruce Cassidy this one is for you sir Okay, it's time for our special segment with our buddy Nick Alberga. Muzzy's Musings is up next. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Okay, we're back now for a special section of Muzzy's Musings. Normally, we're talking fantasy with our buddy Nick Alberga, host of Leafs Morning Take, but the fantasy season winding down. We're just going to talk about some good old-fashioned hockey. Nick, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Just to the graphics guy out there, Musings should have a Z on it or a Z in Canada. <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's accurate. You're right. So, Nick, we're getting close to the stretch run right now. We're in the stretch run, I guess, but we're getting close to sort of determining the playoff picture. And I'm curious, if you're looking at the seeds that are starting to lock up playoff spots, the higher seeds, is there one in particular that you believe is vulnerable for a potential upset in round one of the playoffs? So when broached with this question, there's so many varieties of answers you can give out. But I'm going to go with a game I watched last night, and that was the Devils and the New York Rangers game. Uh, I, I think the New York Rangers are in big-time trouble, and I think it's more so because of their potential first-round opponent, whether it be you know New Jersey, how it slates up right now, or it could even be the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I do think they might be victim of too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, on paper... The Rangers won the deadline when they picked up Tarasenko, when they picked up Patrick Kane. But then you watch them play, and just something is off with that team. I can't put my finger on what it is, but you watch them play against some of the better teams in the league, and they just don't quite stack up. And I get last night was regular season, but the Devils always play them strong. And and so my answer would be the New York Rangers, because I think they'll be in tough specifically against the New Jersey Devils in round one. So, Nick, the Winnipeg Jets are in a wild card spot right now, but it's been kind of rough, obviously, the last month or so, and the Calgary Flames are starting to, to catch up there. The vibes with that team, it's, it's just got to be kind of like at a, like an all-time low. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you look at both those squads, like hobbling into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Take your pick as to what's going to happen. I think first and foremost, you look at the Winnipeg Jets, guys. Like, uh, not, not to predict doom and gloom, like this is a big point in time in in this organization's history the last 20 25 years here i think there's a there's there's, there's numerous guys who are one year away from ufa status whether it be hellebuck or or shifley or blake wheeler pierre luc dubois doesn't want to play there we all know that we all know where he wants to be there's just something internally that we haven't seemed to figure out figure out i would say from a media standpoint maybe they have it uh, handpicked internally but like you look at that team i think the one saving grace between now and the end of the regular season is connor hellebuck i know he's really really struggled lately i know he's been overworked again but i think that's the one constant with that team that still gives me hope that they can a make the playoffs and and, and b be tough to beat in the stanley cup playoffs is connor hellebuck it makes me want to triple down on and take a victory lap earlier this season. I said the Jack Adams should go to Connor Hellebuck, not Rick Bonus. I think proved <laughs> right. Uh, and Nick, we're looking at some of these other top seeds that are vulnerable. I think one that I would have called out is the Carolina Hurricanes. They're four, five, and one in twenty-eight in goals since Andre yeah. Svechnikov got hurt. But another team that's having kind of a strange march is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They turn over their lineup, six new regulars. They lose, of course, Ryan O'Reilly pretty quickly to that broken finger. But it seems like they're just not quite right. Obviously, they're not putting their 100% healthy lineup out there. They're starting to do some load management here and there as well. So what's your take right now? Are you worried about this weird stretch? Or is this a case of, hey, we know our spot in the standings. We're just going to experiment and not worry about wins and losses? Firstly, I'm going to use this airtime to promote an interview we just did on Leafs Morning Take. Go check it out at the Leafs Nation 401. We interviewed Luke Shen. Of course, he's good friends with Jay Rosehill. To answer your question, and sorry for doing that, got it sometimes. Um, I think when you look at the Maple Leafs, they've known their playoff opponent for like three months. We even asked Luke Shen, like, did you guys have the green light special when you clinched the playoff spot? And he's like, no, like there wasn't even a reaction when we clinched the playoff spot. I think we all knew. I think you guys would agree since day one of this regular season, 
the Leafs in like a select list of teams that it's all about what they do in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's not really about how they get there, when they get there. They got there, you know, relatively early. So I don't put much stock into what's transpired. And I think in addition to that, like the, the opponent, Tampa, hasn't done much better in the last couple of weeks. I know they've turned things on the last couple of games and Vasilevsky looks more Vasilevsky-like. And certainly that's going to be a big story and topic of conversation in that series. But from the least perspective, I don't put as much stock into their struggles because, again, Ryan O'Reilly's missed some time. Uh, they've really, really tinkered and experimented a lot more than other teams, I would say, right now. So not much stock into it. That's fair. And it's funny, I, I was talking to Victor Hedman last week and I said, hey, are, are you studying game film of the Leafs yet? You may as well, right? And he said, he didn't take the bait. He said, no, no, you know, it's on the highlight reels. I know what they can do, but I'm not studying it just yet. He's keeping focused. One more for you, Nick, before we let you go. I'm just curious, we're talking about teams that are ripe to be upset, but is there is there a lower seed? We've talked about it on the show before, but are you kind of looking at a lower seed that you think is looking scary as a late bloomer right now? Um, I would, if Calgary gets in there, you never say never. I don't know if they're going to get into that conversation. I think they would certainly, you know, be there. I'm just trying to think even like in the, in the Western conference, the Minnesota wild guys, uh, the more and more I watch Philip Gustafson and we'll see where they stack up. I know they can finish first in that division, but it just shows you how close things are truly in the Western conference in the East. We know it's really, really strong. So my answer would probably be Minnesota. The goaltending has been phenomenal, whether it's been Mark Andre Fleury or Philip Gustafson. Uh, you know, I brought it up again on Twitter the other day that Gustafson for Cam Talbot trade could go down as an all-timer. And I'm I'm not really faulting Pierre Dorian because when they made that trade, Gustafson wasn't really great last year. So I get it. You wanted a, an established talent in between the pipes and it went awry really, really quickly with Cam Talbot there. But the goaltending, the way that team has bought in without Kirill Kaprizov, and now you would think Kaprizov is going to return in time for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think a lot of people are going to sleep on the Minnesota Wild, and they should not because they're a really, really well-coached team as we're seeing right now. Interesting and great stuff, Nick. And everyone, he did the plug, but I'm going to plug him as well. It's <laughs> morning take, 11 a.m. on weekdays with Nick Alberga. Thanks so much, Nick, and we'll have you back on again soon, I'm sure. My pleasure, guys. Have a great weekend. Take care. Okay, Stephen, it's time for the Ask DFO inbox question. And apparently this is becoming a weekly tradition for us, <laughs> uh, discussing a cheap shot on Patrice Bergeron every Friday afternoon. But it happened again on a Thursday night. It was Lane Peterson catching Patrice Bergeron high with that cross check. It was going to be a major penalty. It was reviewed and brought down to a minor. So I want your thoughts on this play, which was quickly avenged, of course. Trent Frederick, I believe it was, that one-punched Lane Peterson after this. What's your take on this hit? Did you think it was dirty? Did you think it was just worthy of the minor penalty? And do you expect any discipline? Well, you know, like it's, you know, look at the, the 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 main angle that the show, the one right here where it does look like, yeah, he hit him kind of like in the chest and it kind of rolled up and that will happen in a hit like that. Uh, I, I'm not sure why Lane Peterson felt like he needed to get the cross check up in the first place. Like that seemed kind of weird. Like he, he could have actually probably just avoided Bergeron if he had just not skated directly into him. But uh, I, I'm glad they, like at, at the time, yeah, you know, at, at the speed, the five minutes made sense. I'm glad that it was looked at and they, they changed it to a two minute thing. But I don't think it was, 
necessarily dirty. I think it was kind of stupid. Again, like you, he didn't need to skate right into Bergeron, but uh, I'm I'm glad they made the right call on it at the end. And uh, you know, no problem with the Bruins taking exception to that. It does look like at speed again that he was going to cross check him in the head. And you know, there was some contact. They did hit him in the head, but that wasn't the principal point of contact. So I'm okay, kind of everything that happened in that situation, other than Lane Peterson. What were you doing? Yeah, I don't love this hit. I think it's a case of criminal negligence. And I do get the impression there's not going to be supplemental discipline coming for this, by the way. I think the understanding I'm getting, I've been told, is that the glove appeared to do more damage than the stick. But I don't care about that personally. And I don't like that it was brought down to a minor penalty because I think it's still bad to be careless. You could say that Lane Peterson was sort of focused on the puck. I think he was. I think that's why his stick got up. He wasn't really paying full attention to Bergeron. But again, I don't care. You have to be more careful with your stick. It can be a weapon. And obviously, Bergeron, a player, has had some head injuries in his career. He's lucky that he got out of that relatively unscathed. But I, I still don't like the fact that Peterson is just not taking care of his stick, even if he wasn't trying to do it on purpose. Not a fan. Okay, Stephen, now we're going to move on to our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment with Tyler Uremchuk. Tyler, welcome, my friend. How are you doing? I am doing good, and I'm looking to uh, get hot heading into the weekend here. After a good week last week, this one kind of just a little mid. So we'll look for a couple of wins here on a Friday night, starting with a matchup between the Flames and Canucks. I am going with the under in this matchup. It's paying plus 100. I think this is a really good spot. It's hitting three of the last five for the Calgary Flames. Jacob Markstrom, if he goes, he's allowed three goals or fewer in three straight starts. For Thatcher Demko, he is coming off an ugly game. But before that, he was actually playing some pretty decent hockey, giving up one, two goals against in a lot of his starts. So I like going with the under between Calgary and Vancouver and Yes, a uh, second play, and producer Alex didn't even know this. We're thinking on the same wavelength, though. I am adding in the Arizona Coyotes here at the last second, plus one and a half. How about this? In 10 home games so far this month, the Arizona Coyotes have won or covered the plus one and a half in nine of them. Nine in a row as well. The Yotes are hot at home. It's not really much of a secret anymore. The powers of the mullet are propelling them to playing some pretty decent hockey. And I like taking them at plus one and a half, minus 130. Not a great payout, but come on. It's happened nine times in a row. How can you not get in on that? Wow, some mullet magic. I'm loving it. And I also love the idea of betting any game coached by Rick Tockett and Daryl Sutter at the same time to not have very many goals. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Tyler, good luck with the bets tonight, my friend. And Stephen, we're going to end the show with some garbage time. I'm just going to get my bib on. Here's my plate. I'm going to eat. What am I doing? I'm eating a delicious feast of crow because the Boston Bruins have embarrassed me. And I'm going to give you the name of my column, okay? It was Bruins for Bedard? How a one-year tank could revive Boston. I wrote that in June of 2020-22. I argued that with the surgeries to Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy. At the time, we didn't know if Bergeron and Krejci were coming back for sure, that the Bruins might miss the playoffs and we're in a position to maybe tank and take a run at Connor Bedard. It's really embarrassing. I think I may be even turning red now. The Bruins just clinched the President's Trophy and are probably going to set the single-season wins record. So I want to ask you, Stephen, am I being too hard on myself for this horrible take? Or do you think there were actually some legitimate signs that Boston was going to have a bad year. 
So I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, and I know that was seemed to not be the consensus, but that was kind of like the general feeling most people had. Uh, going for Bedard, no, I never agreed with that stance at all because you still could have got a pretty solid prospect no matter what. But obviously, like we did not expect the Bruins to be this good, and obviously we're looking at a near historic season. Like that's we like the goaltending. It was like who was going to be that guy? Who was going to step on the blue line? Was the team going to have problems scoring with all the injuries at the start of the year? Nope. None of those were an issue. And again, David Passionek having the year he's had. So uh, I, I think it was kind of unrealistic to expect them to be the best team in the NHL, but I, I definitely did not agree on the going for Bedard thing. I think for me, it was the Hampus Lindholm factor that changed everything because he was decent when he first came over in the trade, but at the start of the season, he was their MVP. He sort of took the reins as their horse on defense when Charlie McAvoy was out, and I think that sort of got the team launched. Also, Pavel Zaka forming that great chemistry on the check line, and the Bruins are off and running, but hey, you win some, you lose some. I also said the Blues were going to be bad this year. I was right on that one. That's just the way it goes. And Stephen, that's it for today's show. Thank you, of course, Stephen. Thank you, Nick Alberga and Tyler Uremchuk, head of production, Alex Allard. As always, we'll be back Monday at noon with another show. In the meantime, check out dailyfaceoff.com all weekend. We've got some great content coming for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. 
Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.